0: according to your sweet and holy will and again Lord we pray you'll be with us tonight as we get into the word of God Father we thank you we love you for all that you're going to do in Jesus Christ's name we pray amen and amen okay all right so uh, now next week it's going to be strictly prayer request form okay so we're past the training edge so if it ain't on here you'll have to write it and give it to me afterwards okay all right all right just want to make that clear all right so, hey, I, I'm like you guys, I don't like change either, you know, I get all grumpy when stuff changes, you know, and uh, so, so I, I feel your pain, but change sometimes we must, okay? All right, Proverbs chapter 24, Proverbs chapter 24, starting a brand new chapter in the book of Proverbs, and um, uh, another good lesson we're looking at uh, tonight, and uh, we're going to be talking about understanding right wisdom. And uh, what I mean by that is there's a lot of different uh, uh, so-called wisdom, I guess you could call. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's, there's, there's wisdom that's of this world. We might even call that bad wisdom. Uh, but then there's the wisdom of God, which is good wisdom. Um, there's a lot of different... Philosophies to, to life out there, you know. Um, you know, you consider some people just don't believe in God, and then some people believe in false gods, and certainly that's going to have a, a influence on how people see life and, and and their their wisdom, if you will, as well. Uh, you know, the the meaning of life, you know, could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, and uh, there are a lot of people out there that have a certain belief system, a certain philosophy to life, and they're somewhat intellectual perhaps, and and uh, as far as the natural world seems, they seem very wise. You know, they say something, you go, well that's, you know, that, that that makes sense. I could I can understand that. I could relate to that in some ways. But what we have to look at this though is I think we could say we could go to the other extreme and could we not say that Satan is wise? He's wise. I mean, he's wise. I mean, we can. We can say that. So that's what I mean. There's, there's, we need to understand the right wisdom. You know, there's some wisdom out there that we need to stay away from, of course. Uh, and uh, so, so there's the right kind of wisdom, the wrong kind of wisdom. And, and tonight, I want us to kind of look at the difference between these. We'll jump right into this, and uh, I'll give you the point, and then we'll, we'll read the verse or two that goes with it. So number one, uh, don't get too focused on evildoers. And uh, this is something that Solomon uh, has went over before, just through the book of Proverbs. But look at verse 1 there, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 1. Be not thou envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. Now, we'll talk about this in more depth in just a moment. But what he's talking about here is that you may not agree with what they do. In other words, I don't like the way this person acts or what, how they conduct themselves, but I am drawn towards some of the things that they're involved with. I'm, I'm drawn to what they have to say, okay? So, so that, he says, be not envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. Amen. He says, for, and here's why, for their hearts studieth destruction, and their lips talk of mischief. So, again, Solomon's coming back to this this truth, um, and he's really reinforcing a problem that we've gone over several times in this lesson that a lot of people have today, even Christians. And it it is easy, tempting, I should say, to look over somebody's evil ways. In other words, say, well, you know, yeah, I don't don't agree with all that, but possibly, in this case, envy the materialistic life they have. And say, well, I, I don't really like how he conducts himself, but I sure would like to know how he has all this money. I'd like to know how he has all this power. How he has all this influence. Why is it that people are drawn towards him? You know, the, there's lots of different scenarios there we could look at, but but what we have to look at is is again we have to remember how they often how they have what they have, and I think that's important as well. Um, and so what God would have us to understand tonight is, and we've looked at different aspects of this, but for tonight, just in a general way. Uh, We cannot, you know, again, ignore the ways of of evil people. You know, we might be tempted to see what we might learn from them, but our verse tells us clearly, neither desire to be with them. In other words, you don't want anything to do with them. And you sure don't want them influencing your life in, in any way. And so we have to choose to stay away from those types of things. Again, from the, the evil people of this world, because as it tells us in verse 2, often we use that word conversation. In the Bible, that word just simply means your manner of life. So their conversation in life will, will rub off on those who get connected with them. And pretty soon you're thinking the way they're thinking. And often we think of young people, but this could happen to anybody, any age, I believe. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. (laughs) You know, uh, that's simple to see. Uh, Psalm 1, 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. In other words, they stay away from those types of things. Um, And so we don't want to get too focused on evildoers, no matter how successful we may believe they are. Uh, the Bible simply says that we need to disconnect from those types of people. In other words, stay, stay away from them. Number two, uh, we need to use Scripture to build our home. And we're not talking about the physical home, the, the brick and mortar and wood, uh, but we're talking about the family. Look at verse 3. Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. That's so important to understand. We're going to talk about knowledge and wisdom again. It says, verse 4, And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So through wisdom is a house builded. And we see there that uh, uh, through knowledge, chambers uh, be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And uh, that's, that's a sweet picture there. I, I love that, verse 4. But uh, l- let's talk about this for a little bit because this really, to me, is, you know, very important issue. Um, But, you know, I mentioned the physical building of a house. Now, a lot of people realize if you want a quality built home, then you have to use quality materials, right? Uh, If you're cooking something, baking something, you know, you want quality ingredients. Uh, Certainly the, the same applies here in spiritual speaking here. Uh, but again, the house, the, the word house here in our text, is it has to do with the family. Uh, in other words, the, the structure of the home, if you will. Um, and I've shared this with you before. Even some Christians, misguided Christians, again, are not building homes that can handle the storms of life. Um, you know, Hurricane Satan comes along, and, and because homes are biblically weak, they are easily toppled over, and, and there's... Tragic devastation you know tragic uh, uh, devastation that comes with that uh and you know we often think of the loss of life but i'm talking about spiritual life you know uh people don't get saved you know children you know children today can grow up in a christian home and never accept christ as their savior i mean that ought to cause us to tremble a little bit tonight you know uh, I tell you, it, it's, it's, it, it has to do with the, the structure of the home. Uh, a home must be built according to the Word of God. I believe that is true. And so a scripturally built home family uh, certainly has for its cornerstone the Lord Jesus Christ. That's salvation, you see. That's, uh, that's salvation. That's being saved. But it also has the Word of God. And I know, maybe you guys get tired of me, I know I go on and on and on about the Bible, but the Bible goes on and on about the Bible, so I'm going to go on and on about the Bible, amen? Uh, It's important, uh, not just the book of Proverbs, but the whole counsel of God, particularly when it comes to our family. And in the book of Proverbs, I've mentioned this before, that wisdom is often, if not always, it could be always, wisdom is personified in Christ. And that's important because Jesus is also known as the Word of God. And so it's important. Uh, a biblically Bible-run home family will survive life storms. Uh, God guarantees that. Um, it doesn't mean that you won't take some damage. It doesn't mean you won't go through some rough times, but you'll, you'll survive. In other words... It, it, and when I say a biblically, biblically structured home, it's not just having a family Bible on your coffee table. It's, it's you know, a, a, a home that is, being, that is being structured around, thus saith the Lord. When, when it begins with dad, amen? And, and, but when dad and mom say, okay, here's what God says about this. This is why in our home we don't do this. This is why in our home we do do this. It all has to do with the Word of God. Amen. I tell you, that, that right there would change homes instantly for the better if a lot of people would uh, get a hold of that. Uh, because when those storms do come, and they do come, right? Amen. I mean, anybody in here that's been alive, it's, hey, storms come, uh, uh, you will uh, be already prepared because you have a scripturally built home. I think that's more important. And I made mention there of verse 4, uh, a very sweet verse to me. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. You know, uh, what, a, what a tremendous thought that is. And by the way, this is a promise from God. Um, you know, precious, you know, what, what makes something precious? Well, it's, you know, it's value. In other words, what it means to that person. And maybe it cost a great deal, maybe not necessarily monetarily, but in some way it's cost a great deal. And we think about, you know, our wives. Wives, think about your husbands, your children. Listen, those people, those souls are truly precious to us, amen? (laughs) Or they should be. I, I know we live in a day and age where that isn't always true. Some people say it, but they don't really live that way. Um listen if they are precious to us then we will only use the best building materials for the home right amen i, I tell you and again that is simply put the bible amen hey listen uh, if we want we want chambers to be filled with all present and pleasant precious and pleasant riches we need a home that is guided by the word of god and we need moms and we need dads uh, that are, are confident and, and strong enough to, to run their houses uh, in that way. I tell you, it would change America overnight. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, I have it written down. You don't have to turn there, but uh, we know this to be the Sermon on the Mount. But he says in Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 24, Therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. What are those sayings? Well, they're right here. Whoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. I tell you, that, that right there just preaches by itself. Now notice what he says. So therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them I, will liken them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Amen. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not... I'm going to go with the culture I'm going to go with the fad uh, I love my children too much to say no that doesn't make that's, that, to me that never made sense right so those who hear these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man who should his house upon the sand The rain descended, the floods came the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell and great was the fall of it you see so again, uh, use scripture to build your home. Uh, That's how we withstand uh, the storms of life. Number three, uh, only the right wisdom has godly power. Now notice I said godly power. Look at verse five. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increaseth strength. Verse six, for by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. I mentioned a while ago, really, the, the kind of the theme that we're looking at tonight is the right kind of wisdom. There's a wrong kind of wisdom. We have the tendency to seek the wrong kind of power sometimes. And I believe believers can fall into this as well. We need to understand this, that, that an earthly-type power will not help us. Actually, the stronger you are in earthly power the weaker you are in godly power. Isn't that what the Bible says? Didn't Paul say, I die daily? Right? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, right? So I believe we could safely say for a fact that, that the stronger you are in earthly power, the more you rely on self, the less you rely on God, and therefore tonight you might be earthly strong, but you are spiritually weak. And I don't I don't know, I think sometimes people don't really see that. In verse five, certainly I think we'd all understand that this is biblical wisdom. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. Certainly we would all have to agree this is in the, the context of biblical wisdom. And you know, wisdom and knowledge certainly go together, but but as we grow in spiritual knowledge, as we grow in our learning of what the Word of God says, we grow in wisdom. Wisdom is simply taking what the Bible teaches us and applying it to our everyday life. That's, that's biblical wisdom. Is that not what we need, you know, you know? Sometimes I might go by feeling or what I think, and sometimes I might get it right, might get it partially right, but a lot of times, probably most of the time, I don't get it Right? Right? <laughs> But so I need, I need you know, again, what God says, and I need, to, I need to read it, I need to understand what it says, but I need to have the wisdom to apply it rightly, to be tender-hearted toward those things, to filter decisions through what the Word of God says. Again, connecting all these things to Scripture, being biblically minded in all we do, in all we do. Uh, I tell you, that's, that's the secret to a happy life right there. Uh, and if you want your children to have a happy life, you need to be teaching them that at a very, 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 very early age. I mentioned here one of my messages a while back. I don't remember which one, but I mentioned here a while back that we're soldiers. Amen. We're, we're, uh, if you're saved tonight, uh, you're, you are in God's war against Satan. You are a soldier of the cross. You have been drafted. You don't have a choice. Um. Now, here's the thing, though, with, with, with God's war. God's war is all about sinners uh, becoming traitors to Satan. In other words, we're out not to kill the enemy, per se, but to get them to defect. <laughs> right? I mean, we want to see them saved. So, you know, but, but still, that's what we are. Um, God desires that they desert the serpent, amen, and, and come on over to his side. Be saved. Amen. That's, that's, that's shouting ground. But this takes, again, wise, uh, uh, strong, that is, uh, in knowledge of the word of God, uh, in the Lord's arm, army to, to accomplish. Um, verse 6 says that to wage this war, we certainly need proper counsel, for by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. And uh, he's making a, uh, an example here of how some a, a king or what have you might get some counsel for for literal war here but but again we're looking at this from the spiritual aspect he says in the multitude of counselors there is safety amen you know and again now we have to be careful with that Uh, we learn from from others that is others wise in the scripture other believers we don't want to learn as we learned in our first point there we don't learn from worldlings you know, we're not to be carnally minded, right? I mean, we need to keep all this in in perspective here. We mentioned this, I believe, Sunday night, Hebrews chapter 13. We learned the importance of those who are spiritual leaders. And, you know, one of the sad things about de-emphasizing the local church, there's a lot of things connected to local church, New Testament church, and a lot of that has to do with, with uh, how people view the pastor today and those uh, that are in spiritual leadership. Um, we, certainly they're important to your life. Now, they're human beings. You know, we don't want to put them on a pedestal here and make a God out of them. But the Bible makes it clear that if they're preaching the word of God and we're not following their counsel, the Bible says in Hebrews 13 that it's unprofitable for us. It hurts you when you don't listen to the preacher. I'm just telling you, it hurts you. And if you have a, a area of rule, a family, children, it's going to hurt them too. You know, so it's so important that uh, we understand some things. If we go against their counsel, that is, thus saith the Lord. We lose power. Um, you know, uh, again, we're talking about godly power, uh, if we want the right kind of power. But we're depending on you know, ourselves, and we want to rebel against what what the Bible says, what's being preached. I'm just telling you, you are spiritually weak, and you are vulnerable for the devil's attack. And a lot of that happens. Amen? Um, You know, I I thank Paul. Boys, we better not sail. You need to listen to me. (laughs) Bad things are going to happen. Well, we're going to go talk to the captain, and we're going to talk to the other people, see what they think. Thanks, preacher. We appreciate your advice, but we believe we're just going to go ahead and go this way. And the next thing you know, the ship is sinking. And we see a lot of that today. And uh, so again, uh, we make ourselves weak, vulnerable, that is, to the attacks of Satan. So the only right wisdom, uh, I'm sorry, only right wisdom has godly power. Number four, uh, there is no wisdom found with the foolish. Look at verse 7. Wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. Now you have to understand some Jewish culture here, not necessarily just Jewish, uh, but, but in that day and age um certainly in bible days men would gather at the gate of the city that's that's you know they didn't have you know internet and phones and all that junk they they had uh that's how men got together and and uh, important men if you will influential men men that were really wise you know like E.F. Hutton anybody, anybody remember E.F. Hutton all right when E.F. Hutton talks what happens Everybody listens, right? Yeah, so, so it's one of those things, right? Uh, I, I just love that commercial. I thought it was funny. But uh, that's what we kind of have there. So a fool, though, you know, they're, they're not going to walk up and, you know, they're, they're basically going to be shut down right off the bat, you see. Uh, and so they don't have the right to do that uh, because, again, uh, fools are incapable of good judgment, you know, they, 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 they can't make a decision. I mean, they're, they're, they're all over the place. Um, and you say, okay, preacher, you know, what's a fool? Well, a fool is anyone who hardens their heart against God. You know, and I mentioned this the other day. Why would I ever want to go and, and get some type of emotional, uh, psychological help from somebody that isn't even saved, that never believes what the bible says you know what why is that you know uh, and again i, I want to be careful here i know we touched on this a little bit the other day but but i'm just telling you you know we need the word of god amen you know a lot of times people say well preacher we appreciate all that but we think we need professional help <laughs> it's like okay well god's not you know okay well <laughs> you know you see how silly that is that's foolish Um, and so again we never want to seek counsel from such people Um, i think that's very very important and and by the way there are christian uh, people in mental health and and i believe in all that so i don't want you guys to take that to the extreme but number four uh, to understand uh, i'm sorry uh, to number one uh, to understand right wisdom don't get focused on evildoers number two use scripture to build your home number three remember only godly wisdom has power and number four uh, there's no wisdom found with the foolish, And the foolish are those that uh, do not uh, trust or believe God. And then number five, to understand right uh, wisdom, uh, do not use unbiblical methods to get ahead. Um, verse eight, he that deviseth to do evil shall be called a mischievous person. Uh, the thought of foolishness is sin. Notice the thought of foolishness is sin. That word thought means planning. So the thought of the planning of foolishness is sin, and the scorner is an abomination to men. And that's pretty interesting as well. So certainly when we think about verse 8, deviseth to do evil, be called mischievous. Um, certainly we would, uh, no Christian would ever want to fall under that heading, right? You know, we, we wouldn't want to be known as an as a influential member of a church, a deacon perhaps. Um, and 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 have a reputation out there in the world that says otherwise. We know that happens. And boy, that hurts the church body, right? Because we believe in the local New Testament church, right? And And just like if my finger hurts, my whole body is affected by it. When we have church members that are struggling and hurting, the whole body hurts, right? Or we should. So it hurts the church body when a... When a member has a reputation of being someone, you know, and we've talked about this, we've we got into detail on some of these, but skirts the law, you know, uh, you know kind of goes through some loopholes, you know, holding things back, dishonest in their business. We've talked a lot about that. And what's odd about this in verse 9, certainly God's not pleased with it, but verse 9 says that such a person is an abomination to men... And what I I see that is, and I believe that I'm right, is it's really talking about how the world, even lost people, see them. Yeah, he goes to church and sings those hymns, uh, but you know... Uh, you know, but I know what he's doing. I, you, know, you ought to see the way he does business. You ought to see the way he rips people off. Uh, you ought to see he never pays his bills. He never, you know, he never does this. He never does that. Hey, listen, I'm just telling you, that's an abomination to men. Hey, listen, there are saved people out there that lost people point at and go, that's the reason why I'll never get saved. That's why I'll never go to a church. Because that kind of behavior is an abomination even to the natural man. And that's sad to see. We don't ever want to fall underneath that heading. Certainly we don't want to do that. And it's sad when a child of God who is supposed to be living in a way that leads others to Christ but instead is known as a scoundrel by the very ones who need Christ. You know, that's, that's heartbreaking. Uh, and it hurts the cause of Christ, uh, especially when followers of Christ do those types of things. Again, it hurts the, the, the church when church members behave badly, you know, uh, we need to be careful with things. You know, gossiping, backbiters. I, I tell you, I, I, wish, I wish Facebook would go away. I absolutely hate it. I've never been on it, as far as me personally. I listen, you know, I mean, I, I've been on it with other folks, but I've never had a Facebook page. I never will have a Facebook page. And as a matter of fact, I think it's the dumbest thing in the world to get on and blab your life to thousands and thousands of people. Especially when you're just ticked off about something. Well, <laughs> you'll get on there and get all excited about something. You don't even have all the information. You don't even know what's going on. And shoot off your mouth about something you have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. But it's too late. It's out there. That's just common sense. You know, uh, somebody years ago said, Preacher, you really need to get a Facebook page. Actually, it was another preacher. Preacher. And uh, I said, no, I don't think so. You know, I said, I stand in front of people and talk all the time. I'm already taking a lot of chances of saying the wrong thing. <laughs> you know, almost every day. You know, I'm not going to get on the, the Internet and do that. And listen, I, you know, what verse 8 is talking about there, he that deviseth, that's planning. You know, we see that word mischievous as well. What, what this is talking about is being, you know, this is premeditated hurtful things to say to people that's wickedness and it's no good it's no good uh you know the backbiting the gossiping and uh i I tell you all done and a lot of times just done to when i say get ahead in life i don't mean necessarily to make a better living but just to elevate yourself in some way to prove a point to win the argument i i tell you that's that's just that's just wickedness and again, only somebody who doesn't understand what r- w- right wisdom is would, would ever say those types of things or do such a thing. Number six will be done. Understanding right wisdom means this. And, and this verse right here, I, I tell you, this one, this one bites. This one hurts a little. Look there at verse 10. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. And that just preaches by itself, doesn't it? I mean, you. I mean, you know, hey, listen, and and when I say that, I, boy, I, I, whoo, I come under conviction, you know. um, That, you know, when trials come, how we deal with them is really going to show how spiritually and scripturally strong we really are. You guys have heard me say it's not how we act. In other words, if I know I got a job interview, I'm going to, you know, put on something decent. I'm going to, you know, make sure I got food off my face and my teeth brushed and my hair combed. Or Well, I don't have to worry about that much anymore. But, but you know what I'm saying? I'm going to make myself somewhat presentable. Uh, I, I'm going to, yes, sir, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, set up straight. I'm not going to slouch. I'm not going to slouch, right? We're not going to slouch, okay? That's a pet peeve of slouch. No slouching, all right? Uh, and uh, we're going to look people in the eye and... You know, I'm, I'm going to act a certain way. And so we all know how to act, right? Uh, but really, the real us is how we react. That's who we really are. When something kind of comes out of right field, we didn't know nothing about. You know, now there's, there's our real temperature. <laughs> right? You know, how we react to something. We, and maybe you have been done wrong. You've been offended. You've been hurt in some way. And boy, whew, I'm just telling you, that's where you're at. That's where you're really at spiritually. And again, that boy, that gets a hold of my heart. I, whoo, man, alive. I, whew That that one's that's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, but there it is. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. You know, uh, we got a lot of. You know, I don't. I, I, I want to be sensitive to people's feelings, but but I tell you, I we. We we can't be a snowflake Christian. What what do you mean by snowflake? Meltdowns, you know, something don't go our way, we immediately begin to melt down right there in front of everybody. Everything, you know, I'm just telling you that's your your faith is weak, amen. And uh, we need to get a hold of that. We need to spend some more time on the Word of God. And again, I again, verse ten, I think it just stands on its own. You can't say much plainer than that. Uh, but only to say that sometimes, you know, and I'm talking about me, I I think that I'm, you know, at a certain spiritual level, and then a trial in life comes, and then that really shows me where I'm really at. And I say, ouch. You know, I hope someday to be able to say, like Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, he said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You know, I mean, that's, you know, whether he had little, whether he had much, whether everybody was doing what they're supposed to be doing or they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. He said, I just, I just want to stay level, amen. <laughs> and um, that's spiritual maturity. And I believe that God on purpose uh, allows us to check our own temperature with a trial to remind us yep, I got a lot of growing to do. Yep, I got some fence mending to do. Yep, I've got a lot of praying to do. Not for everybody else, but for me. (laughs) Amen. And uh, so uh, when trials come, it'll show how spiritually and scripturally strong you really, really are. Uh, and what a challenge for us tonight. I'm going to ask our pianist to come, and the rest of us will stand if you're physically able uh, for the invitation tonight. Maybe God is speaking to your heart. There's several things on the prayer requests that uh, sheet there that could certainly use some attention tonight. So maybe take some time, come to the altar, bring that list with you, lift those up that uh, God has spoken to your heart about, maybe to pray about, Or maybe there's just some things going on in your life right now. Maybe you didn't share them. And I understand that. And unspoken perhaps. And, and maybe come and pray about that. Maybe you got somebody on your mind and heart tonight. Uh, for whatever reason. Maybe come and pray for them. Or maybe something in this message. That spoke to your heart. You know. Uh, say God I, I want to do better in some certain areas. I, Lord I, I want to. I want to understand what real power and real wisdom is and and if anything you've learned tonight folks i hope that you've learned this again it's it's dying to self the less of me that is involved in the things of god the better i just want to be yielded to the holy ghost that's inside of me and do god's will father we thank you for this day we thank you for the blessings of life your love mercy your grace and father i pray that as we give this invitation tonight that folks would come and father do business with you we still have several minutes lord to to, to go here and Lord just want to leave enough time for people to come and to this altar or possibly there on the front row what have you Lord just to spend a little time with you tonight uh, Father we I've heard many prayer requests of loved ones that are sick and not doing well help us to step out and come and pray for them tonight pray for that specific need that they need Father, we have several that are facing surgeries and waiting on doctor doctor reports and so forth. Lord, let us come and pray for those. uh, Lift those names up specifically. And uh, Lord, pray that God will bless and heal and touch, uh, do a a miracle. Uh, So Father, that's what this time is for. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be obedient uh, in that. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen.